uh, Adam Ferrara and I'm blanking. Uh, I told myself I wouldn't blank that I would remember them all, but I am still uh, Vic Dibidetto. Okay, we all know him as well. So wh what town is Uncle Vinny's in? He's in Point Pleasant. It's uh, okay. It's on Ar Arnold Ave, I think. Do you know your schedule in August? Because, you know, we're coming up on that month. If you know which yeah. day of the week you'll be there, we'll let people know. Yeah, I have no clue for August yet. <laughs> um, gotcha. We, we take comedy very seriously. It's <laughs> just not our schedule. <laughs> so um, you mentioned Erin Wahlberg, but, but she is also a co-host of a podcast you do called Bravo Bites. And I think yes. you refer to the TV channel, Bravo. So yes. why don't you bring us up to speed there about that pad podcast? What's the premise, where people can find it? All right, so it's on YouTube. We pretty much just go straight to YouTube with everything. Uh, we were doing audio and video, but people barely watch the videos. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's, so we, we watch a couple Bravo shows and we do it like once every two to three weeks and we take edibles and then discuss Bravo TV. Uh, it's, it's enhanced. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot of fun because you don't realize like how much little things of life that reality TV show picks up on. And then we kind of take it from there. That's I always joke premise. that we're, yeah, we're like Andy Cohen. We're just like, pointing out drama and then relating it back to our lives. Perfect. So what is the channel name on YouTube? It's Bravo Bites. Bravo Bites. And it's B-I-T-E-S. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. All right. Now, the next thing I wanted to talk about was your great persona and how it meshes wrong with your name, Kim Rager. I mean, you are certainly not enraged. You know, you get up there and you're low key. So tell me about the origin of this name and your the premise of your real name. How do we get here? So it's technically my real name. Yeah. My real name is Tim Rager, spelled exactly the same. Yeah. But uh, the first open mic I ever went to, Susan Levante was hosting. Yes. And uh, it was one of those things like uh, I'd been thinking maybe I go with Rager because it was like a nickname in like college when I would drink a lot. People Perfect. would call me the Rager. <laughs> uh, so she asked me, she, at the end, I didn't sign up. Not that I was too scared. But then after watching the four people go up, I was like, I'm going to do this. <laughs> she was like does anybody want to go me what's your name and then like in that moment i was just like tim rager <laughs> every time i've always announced you i've always used that you know he's he's furious he's furious here he comes and then you get up there and go hi hi you know <laughs> perfect it's a great persona great yeah. name for the persona yeah it's it's also it's like I, I really like subverting expectations uh, because if you see the name Rager, obviously you think was this guy an angry comic, is, yeah. and then uh, like I'm really like even in my life I'm never really angry. <laughs> That's perfect. 
Okay, so how do people, Tim Rager, R-A-G-E-R, how do people find you out there on the internet, on social media? We know Bravo Bites YouTube channel. Um, uh, How else can people connect with you? So I am, uh, uh, the only other social media I have are Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg does not want me in the metaverse, apparently. He said, no, thank you. Understood. Um, uh, On Instagram, I'm Tim Rager. And uh, on Twitter, it's at uh, Timothy Rager. Timothy. Okay. I believe. uh, You've got a great routine about Timothy not being the best name. I love that routine. Yeah, I. It was so funny because every I loved comedy growing up, so I was watching a lot of comedy from the '80s, early '90s, and every time anyone's talking about a little boy that something <laughs> terrible happens to, it's always little Timmy. Yeah, <laughs> I right. was like, just yeah, I was just like, I guess I'm not gonna make it to be an adult. <laughs> It's not going to work out, and it makes sense. You were aptly named. And, and then there was the South Park. Tell us about you. You didn't know about the South Park. Tell us about that. So, uh, like, growing up, we, we like, weren't allowed to watch The Simpsons when it came out because it was too graphic. Uh, we didn't have cable for the longest time. And I honestly think if, the TV antennas were still where they were when I was growing up on top of the Twin Towers. I I think if that didn't happen, my parents still wouldn't have cable. You'd have rabbit ears to this day. Yeah. So I never saw South Park. The only cable I ever watched was like at a friend's house after school. We'd watch MTV and yeah. I like wouldn't be allowed to tell my parents that I did that. <laughs> and uh, yeah, the one day I just like people are like Timmy, Timmy. I was like, "What? Who's this? T-? Like I'm Timmy, <laughs> not Timmy." <laughs> you thought you were the popular kid all of a sudden. Yeah. You had a, a catchphrase, right? Walking yeah. into school, Timmy. And then, then I saw the episode. I was like, "What the heck is this?" <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Tim Rager, R A G E R. Out there on Twitter and Instagram, Timothy Rager at Twitter and Tim Tim Rager at Instagram. Uh, everybody at home is poised to watch this film at the exact same moment that we do. We're all going to press play at the same time in the studio and at home. So why don't you go ahead, Tim Rager, and give us that celebrity comedian countdown. All right, here we go. And three, two, one, go. I find it ironic that they have the copyright uh, warning on, on the beginning of this YouTube video. Just what we're talking about. Now, Carl, this movie is from 1971. You're going to see it's going to have a G rating. I have a list of the other 20 movies in 1971 that came out with a G rating. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Ah. Uh, Bedknobs and Broomsticks, Escape from the Planet of the Apes. Fiddler on the Roof. Out of Frame of Fig with Don Knox. Man and Boy, starring Bill Cosby from the Civil War. Okay, G, rated G. Star Spangled Girls, Support Your Local Gunfighter, The Andromeda Strain, The Barefoot Executive, The Boyfriend with Twiggy, uh, Day of the Wolves, Million Dollar Duck, The Resurrection of Zachary Wheeler, which is Leslie Nielsen as a reporter, The Tender Warrior with Dan Haggerty, They Might Be Giants, Toklath, The Grizzly Bear, Animated Pinocchio, Who Says I Can't Ride a Rainbow, and uh, there's another stupid title, Rub It In, so this is very common, you know. The, the, rated oh, G, 
You're going to get everyone into the theater and make some money here. Okay, so this is all very modern looking. The the tag on in the beginning, the universal logo, the rated G. It's all very, it's some modern edit. I honestly think that uh, uh, Universal at one point, uh, and Warner Brothers does it with their archives, they custom burn its DVD from their catalog. Uh-huh. So if you want a copy of this, they will do it. It's just they didn't mass produce them. They just kind of custom. Uh, so I think this might be a version. Did you notice it's a Newman production? That's yes. Paul Newman. Oh, Paul Newman. Look how moder- uh, look how quality the video is here. You said it was HD before, right? Yeah, it looks great. And do you notice the split uh, credits for the before the title? First, you yes. Scott on the left side and Joanne Woodward. Yes. Joanne Woodward married Paul Newman, uh, uh-huh. their famous, back in the 50s. So they... Um, there's a little partnership here. And there's John Barry. There's a lot of stony, you know, storied names in this. John Barry, the composer. James Goldman. Uh, this is based on his play from 10 years prior. Uh, and Anthony the Harvey is um, very good. With this play or this, yeah, I think the music is very, very good. Oh, it's very good. Yeah, absolutely. Who did the music? John Barry. Oh, that's very good. Very good. Very high. Okay, this is Blevins, B L E V N. And we start right off. You recognize that face? He's been in like Kojak. George and shit C. Like that. Scott. This look at that photo. Look at that leer. I would love to pose. I'd be like, okay, sure. Get on my lap. We'll have to take a photo for the movie. <laughs> hey, Grandpa Al Munster. Now, Grandpa Al Munster, Al Lewis, I know him growing up from his Italian restaurant in Greenwich Village. Very, very cool. He was very active on WBAI Pacifica in New York, and he was always an activist, you know, in, in New York City. Well, he wasn't he like a mentor or something like that. Like he, uh, I used to read Spy magazine in the eighties and nineties, and he was always a subject. Like they would always bring up Al, and he loved the attention. And they had a segment yeah. called "Separated at Birth," and Al Lewis was graced the cover with Tama Jankowitz, the uh, the novelist, because they both looked alike. Tell me what's he's saying. Going on hey, he's saying, "Listen, I'm just Nothing. the messenger." That's Rue McCall- uh, Callahan from. Uh, no, wait, wait, wait. He, he... This man at the desk saw pictures of George C. Scott with a woman, right? No, let's back up. Okay. That is George C. Scott's brother. His name is Bevins. His okay. name is Justin. He thinks he's Sherlock Holmes. Bevins just got a blackmail package from Al Lewis. The mess- I'm just a messenger. I just want my money. I, I, I'm, not- I'm just a messenger. So we're setting up. Now, who walks in? It's so embarrassing to get like a blackmail photo when your wife and your brother are right there, right? So he's saying, not a penny, never, not a cent. You're not getting any kind of, you're not getting 20 grand. He's, he's like, saying that for his doing? brother as a crazy yeah. person who is Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. And now check out Rue, this entire movie, she's just in on the joke. Like you could just tell the way she's, she loves Sherlock Holmes. Look how, what a gentleman he is. So she so gave, he's giving he money to, to Al. He's and just by Al Lewis. Okay. He goes back to the basement. Forever? He's not in the film anymore? Oh, he's done. This oh, movie... what a nice cameo. Now, why do I know her face? That's Golden Girls. Mm. Of course but it see, is. He's saying, listen, you know what? You're a piece of shit. And one of the... I thought marrying you was bad. This is basically what he's saying. 
But, so you know, why is it a threat to blackmail him if the wife already thinks he, he's a piece of garbage? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Carl, what number, what time do you have? I had to put on the closed captioning. I hate this. I'm at 519, 520, 521, 522, 523. Okay. Me too. Okay, great. Now, who is this dude, Abraham Lincoln? He is Dr. Strauss. Ah, He's one of those, he has his own building, the Strauss building. So Bevins need money, and he has a crazy brother whose wife died, and now now the crazy brother thinks he's Sherlock Holmes. So how do you get money? Okay, you recognize this fucking guy? No. Here's Joanne Woodward, and here's a guy who's been on MASH like three times. What number are you on? I want to make sure I have it. Do I, um, I could see him in a, in MASH, but I, I'm not sure. Okay, so are we at a – he's a doctor or a crazy person? He is a crazy person, and not only he's crazy, he doesn't speak, Carl. He's, he's going to crack this nut. So are, they at, so are they at the mental hospital right now? They're at the Strauss building, the okay, Dr. The Strauss, Strauss uh, New York City quirky home of eccentrics. And he's saying, listen, stop working with this mute. I want you to, to take care of my brother, call him crazy, so I can take an inheritance. And everyone's oh. like, yeah, do it. Yeah, Sherlock Holmes, he was, a jur- he was a judge. And his wife, Nancy, died. Okay. Before she died, she made an arrangement, Carl, with the dog yeah. pound. Yeah, the dog pound, okay. Yeah, now hear me out. Okay. He, a puppy arrives. And then he takes his car out to do donuts. Does he go to a gas station in New Jersey? Don't go here. Terrible film. <laughs> Terrible film. But wait, okay, so so Sherlock Holmes is the crazy brother, and he was at brother's house. Right. But now they're at the Strauss, Strauss house. Building, they're at the Strauss house. Nut bags. Right. And she's being reassigned to Sherlock Holmes, and she don't like it. She don't like it. By the way, Joanne Woodward, she's five foot four. And uh, George C. Scott's six feet. Wait, are they putting him in a gay jacket? Oh, no, that's a straight jacket. It's a straight jacket. It's not a gay jacket. It's a uh, going forward, uh, straight ahead. Yeah, he, he doesn't talk. He thinks he's somebody else, and he won't say his name. He won't speak until they recognize who he is. Sherlock Holmes and they're is like, alive. Well, guess who's going to show up during this chaos? Is it Watson? No. not well, Oh, God. Do you know what her name is, Carl? She's a doctor. Do you know what her last name? Her first name is Mildred. Mildred what? Watson. Mildred Watson. Look at this. <laughs> name is Watson. Okay. He just beats the shit out of these guys, and everyone's just like, I, I "Look at her! Like Rue's the best thing in this movie. She's just having a ball hanging out with him." And he says, "Okay, uh, what seems to be the trouble? Uh, I see that you are not talking. That's the worst deduction. Like the worst Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> it's more Don Quixote than Sherlock Holmes. This movie." Uh-huh. He kind of combines the two. He used that quote up front from, you know, Watson's diary. So he's saying, oh, listen, you know what? Uh, uh, you, you, you'll speak when you're, when you're spoken to? Uh-huh. And uh, I just have to guess your name? Uh-huh. Okay. Well, you're silent. Uh-huh. I'm silent. Yeah. Uh, silent. Violent? Violent? Are you violent? Oh, no, no, no. Try again. Huh. Well, silent movies. Uh, bluevies? No. Uh, you're a silent movie star. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, gosh, gosh. Are you uh, Harold Lloyd? Oh, 
Uh, are you Valentino? Oh, 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 yes, that's right, Dr. Holmes. I'm Valentino. Oh, How are so you? He is living in a silent film, so he can't speak. No, and he will only be spoken. He will only speak if spoken to. So right now, he realized that he's Valentino, and he's like, yeah, uh-huh. Look at this acting. Wow, so Sherlock Holmes is coming in here, not exactly cracking the case. It's not a case, but he's he's impressing and them. And it's not with... a case. You're absolutely right. There's a, He defused the situation for sure. So he's making more progress than Dr. Watson ever did. In front of Watson's boss. I mean, like, yeah, like in front yeah. of the whole thing. So early movies. I had sorry. I, the reason why I'm out of sync is that I put the closed captioning on, which so I you recommend. You are out of sync. Okay. You, that's why I need the number. I'm right now, Carl, at nine forty-five. Forty-six. Okay, so four, fifty-four, fifty-five. 50, we're ten seconds behind. That matters. So okay. I better pause it for ten seconds. I'm sorry, audience. I hate sorry, when audience. this happens. We hate we hate when this happens. You know, you know what? I I don't know who's who's in sync. You want to start from the beginning? No. Mike. <laughs> That's you want to watch this movie again? Privately, not in front of the audience. No audience. We're not fucking you up that bad. Okay, so I will pause, and I want you to tell me when we get to 1025, 1030. You want to do that? Uh, yeah, okay. I will tell you when I get to 1030. Uh, we already know what okay, the scene is. telling me. Watch it. Tell me when it's 1030. All right. 6, 7, 28, 29, 30. Boom. We're in sync. We're in sync. Okay, so that's Mr. Small. He solved the mystery. And now Mr. Small won't shut the fuck up, right? Isn't that always with our mental patients? Okay, so he his real name is Small. Yeah. Now, is that as opposed to giant? They might be giants? Oh, God. Why did you have to say that? <laughs> yeah, it probably is. You're absolutely right. Oh, but but not... Okay, he's in his laboratory now. Yeah, and this is one thing I don't understand. Like, one of the great things about this movie that I love is that it is the early 70s New York City, which, you know, I lived in New York City as a kid. That's great. Yeah. I actually but, did not know that, and I've known you a trillion years. So you lived in, in Manhattan with your there. parents until you moved to Montclair? Uh, moved to Bergen County, to, to Fairlawn. Fairlawn? Boy, I'm learning so much about Mike. You, you didn't know I, I grew up in the Radburn community of Fairlawn? Uh-huh. Yeah. And then we moved to How family. was your lawn there? Fair. It was fair. It was fair. Now, here's Rue. She's going to be get, leaving the movie soon, but so this is the last oh. time we get to really enjoy it. Uh, and you can see Blevins is just, he just wants the money, so he's just kind of pushing through. So, yeah, New York City, he keeps a fucking Bunsen burner going. I don't get it. Like, don't wasn't there, like, a triangle fire once in New York City? Well, Didn't yeah, they learn their lessons? This is a movie. In real life, that could not happen. Oh, yeah. they have dry ice. Right, and then it's never explained what the fuck he's doing, and I never read Sherlock Holmes. No, I saw him looking at the ransom... Demand. Oh, right, he was checking the fibers of it. He's is he going to try to break that case? Who's yeah. the... Okay. I have to give you a heads up, Carl. You ever watch, like, a Charlie's Angels, and they're guessing clues randomly? They're like, randomly, flandomly, film flam. Let's go. <laughs> the writer was being lazy that day. Well, he, this writer is being clever, but... Okay. It's, it's, it's basically they're both nuts, and they're both going to connect, and they both fall in love. 
and he's like, little... this is a fine Merlot. Wait, who's gonna <laughs> fall in love? What? They're they're gonna Watson and Holmes are gonna connect yeah. and fall in love? Yeah. Uh-huh. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, by the way, that was my favorite album she was holding, Clipper. Okay. She's got her composition book because she's still in school. It's nineteen seventy one New York City. What else are you writing? Look how young Golden Girls is. Yeah, Golden Girl is super young. And Joanne Woodward, who I know as the old lady, she's still alive. Yeah. Newman passed really? away in 08. And uh, Married to she Bob. was in a bunch of movies. I have to say, like, Anthony Harvey, the director, I like him. He's probably best known for his previous film, which was The Lion in Winter, which is about Love the 1200s. It's about Henry II. Anthony? Harvey. It's in the title Harvey. of the YouTube video we're watching. Harvey? Lion in Winter was great. It was like um, Game of Thrones in one afternoon. So, yeah, that has Catherine Hepburn. It had Peter O'Toole. Yeah. And, uh, Terrific. Well, you know, i never seen the, the movie about Henry II, but I have seen the sequel. i seen the first movie, Henry, and then i seen the prequel, Oh, Henry. Oh, Henry? I, I spent an the hour author. on that joke. Just kidding. That's the prequel to Henry, and then the sequel is Henry II. So Golden Girl really does like brother. She's just like she, I think like she's just so funny about it. Like she just she's in on the joke of this whole thing. Like mm-hmm. you know the marriage and him and Bevan and what Bevan wants to do and how what a fresh air like the the brother is. All right, so no, I'm not saying they are, but they might be giants. Oh, so he's got a violin. He's got everything Sherlock Holmes. Except for the heroin. Yeah, so here he is. He's going to do it. Oh, don't, was, don't let it start. Cocaine, this is the worst heroin. part. What's that? I'm sorry. Oh, no, I was just going to say, don't don't let it start. This is the worst part. To believe for all the world that you're my precious little girl. So don't, don't, don't let it start. I got a wee that, heart. That they might be giants. That song. Okay, uh-huh. the only one I really know is Constantinople. Oh, Istanbul, not Constantinople. Is you know another song. Here I come, Constantinople. Is that one? Or is it? Yeah. Istanbul, dun, 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 dun. That one? Oh, nobody knows but the Turks. Okay. Istanbul, not Con- I think you might be singing a, a. Yeah, there is another Constantinople. There's another song, one. The residents but... covered that one. I, see, I saw They Might Be Giants in 87. How, how at the village gate? How about that? Perfect. Huh? Perfect. That's the perfect setting in the perfect year. It was the first album. Might be giants. It was all backup tapes. There was no live band. Really? Yeah, they did rabbit down, hammer it, and when they sang Anna Nin, Anna Nin, what I would have with you, you know that song? No. All the hipsters, all the late eighties hipsters in New York City, got on the dance floor and danced to that little tune, and then got off. <laughs> oh, you know another day might be giant song. It's the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. Come inside. It's fun inside. You ever watch that fucking show? Your kids are older. That sounds so familiar. Come inside. It's fun inside. Yeah, I do know that. That's They Might Be Giants. Fucking cashing a huge check off of that one. Okay. There was life after the 80s. They also did the theme song to Malcolm in the Middle. They Might Be Giants. (laughs) Really? They were well, out there, but under the radar. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, they're they're pretty pro. You know, one of the smart things they did was they started doing children's albums about science and stuff like that. Science mm-hmm. is Real is one of their songs. 
so you know uh my kid did grow up on them oh, that's nice well getting I back like to this scott because uh, just a few years from now he'll start to seriously gain weight and look seriously old you know what i mean he'll start losing his uh ability to be a leading man um, yeah you know he uh he just the last year was Patton, p-a-t-t-o-n wow general i don't know if he won an oscar film, yeah, he 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 declined the Oscar. He did this two years before Marlon Brando stunt. There's the Daily News. The Oscar. Yeah, he won. He he was first off. He was in the Marines in '45. He joined okay. uh, when the bomb dropped. He didn't go out of service, but he was in the Marines for like four years. So he obviously knows a little about war, especially World War II. So he he played Patton. It was a huge film. He said he was watching a sports game or whatever, according to IMDb. All, all my research is all, allmovies.com, okay. IMDb, Wiki. I, did, I just did a basic run. No problem. Uh, yeah. But yeah, he did. Uh, so his, he was Richard III uh, in right. New York City. And that led to an enemy of a murder. The Hustler. Remember that movie? Uh, yes. Something called The List of Adrian Messenger uh, with John Huston. Dr. Strangelove in 64. Yes, uh, of course. Man, Patton where he refused it he also revised but Patton. why did he refuse it i don't know if it was a war thing or he just was probably drunk he was a notorious drunk yeah. this movie he was a notorious drunk during this time period and he would belittle people and allegedly uh, i'll give him some respect but uh uh yeah his trivia is like women saying how hard it was working with George uh -huh. like why is this listed as trivia uh, <laughs> yeah right know, hardcore it's hardly movie. trivial he was in a movie called hardcore when his daughter was doing porn movies that was, was his movie. daughter my daughter not my daughter okay well no 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 okay his care i saw the film of course his yeah. characters it wasn't his real daughter as an actress uh no according to imdb okay. okay and then uh he's probably best known for a christmas carol that awful version from the 80s that shows you know, up i disagree with that he's best known for it because there's so much more he's done, but he's yeah, done so that much. was a big one. He did a great movie called Movie Movie, and I absolutely yeah, recommend it. Movie Movie, where he it was like two 1930s films, like George Burns introduced, like actually a double feature, and it's this like hilarious parody of a boxer movie, and he plays like the great Zigfield in the second film. I'm gonna see both... that because I forget it. Yeah, no, I love that movie. I just saw it again, and uh, he's so fun. Like, he's a very funny actor. I mean, obviously, strange. Look, here he is. He's playing the violin, and he's doing it terribly. Will you knock it off with that violin? Oh, that's funny. He's doing it bad, because Sherlock Holmes was great. See how he just threw it? Well, no, no, now he's going to try to shoot heroin, and he puts it in his drink. He just doesn't know what he's doing. Mike, I don't know that it's heroin. I think it's cocaine. I think that Sherlock Holmes, at least in the ones I read, yeah, I was doing right. cocaine in the a seven percent solution. <laughs> there were other versions, you know, like the seven percent solution kind of played up his drug addiction. The Secret Life of Sherlock Holmes, the Billy Wilder movie. It, you know, he's a public domain character below. But what annoys me about this film, it doesn't annoy me. This is a very arty. So the Lion in Winter was written by the same guy who wrote the play and the screenplay to this. Uh-huh. So the same director and the same writer yeah. came out with this, and this was a bomb. Okay. And whatever. They they both moved on, obviously. Have you seen uh, Lion in Winter? No. I Mike, let's okay, stop what you're right. doing. 
go see Lion in Winter. This film, you will love it. Well, I love Peter O'Toole. And, you know, I love Catherine Hepburn. Absolutely. And this director worked with Catherine Hepburn in two other movies, uh, including the weird Nick Nolte film from the 80s, Miss Quigley or Karen Quigley. I forgot what it's called. Oh, I didn't see it. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, well, it has. Do you remember? Oh, do you remember in the New York Times there was that guy Al Hirschfield who would draw somebody and he would put his daughter's name Nina in the picture? No, but okay. Well, the Sunday New York Times, <laughs> Arts and Leisure section. So he did the movie poster in the eighties for this this Kathleen Quigby movie. Um, what's it called? I don't. God, it's so weird. I don't have it. Oh yeah, Grace Quigley, Quigley. And it's like a hitman and an old lady. Uh, and he also did the Glass Menagerie. With yeah, Pepper. I remember that. Do you remember Joanne Woodward was also in the Glass Menagerie, directed by Paul Newman? They okay. did their own version. I, I don't remember that, but is he? Is she giving him a prescription? No, oh. no. So, but she is trying to psychoanalyze. She's sincerely trying to be a doctor with her. But he's like... Uh, He's like, the game is afoot, Watson. <laughs> Let's go. And now we get to the So what is the mystery they're trying to solve? Is it the who's blackmailing the brother? Well, you know, it all leads to Dr. Moriarty. Like, part of the reason why he's Sherlock Holmes is that Sherlock Holmes had a famous adversary. And he, you know, he's, he's kind of suffering through pain, you know, it's that old canard about the dead wife. And uh, fortunately, he has this puppy. Have you seen this puppy? Okay, no. This puppy represents the dead wife. I don't want to go there. Terrible film. Terrible film. It should have ended in Act One, first film. He should have fucked up that Russian son, and then the his <laughs> revenge was over. The movie was done. John Wick will end after Chapter Five is over. Okay. Five chapters. I wish John Wick would be a little John Quick about things because now let's look for Baby Spiegelman in this in this beautiful look how idea. Now New York City looks so great. You see that antache how... case he had? Yeah, with his old style hat, like the '40s was just yesterday. Well, it's the Deerstalker. Oh, oh, you mean the guy sweeping the ground? Yeah. No, uh, the, there was a guy walking past, and he had one of those hats you saw as a kid, and that antache case that. Heavy black. He's a businessman. We're on a bus. This is not 38 Geary. We're in Manhattan. Not in 38 Geary. And there's, Great of course, quality. the old man. Now, here's something strange. It's like, he's just going to find, like, it's unfortunate. You know, it's like a Jerry Lewis movie. He kind of drives the plot. So whatever okay. he discovers, whether it's that woman in the fur coat, yeah, he's going he's gonna to say, aha, this is connected because this is connected because this is connected. So... It's a beef I have with the movie that, you know, it's it, it's very clear. Oh, she said she's gonna give like he's he's giving her like don't feel inferior, right? You're say you're adequate. Uh, I'm adequate. Oh, Mr. Playfair. Oh, Justin, I can't say it. So Come she's me playing hose. along with his fantasy rather than trying to find out. Yeah. About the puppy and the dead wife. And you know, my mom was a my late mom was a therapist and. The rule number one is you do not have a personal relationship with your clients. Absolutely. You would never fall in love. This is not okay. Prince of Tides. Look at this. There's my brownstone building. Ah. 
You know, yeah, look, look how like, everything looks like a piece of shit. You own a fucking brownstone building and you can't even like. Whoa, where did you get a gun? We, things might get a little a footy. So here's a gun. The game will get footier. <laughs> the game's a foot. <laughs> get footier. Look at this. Look at this dumpy little beautiful billion dollar place. So he's pretending to sneak. Right? You don't have to be quiet on the cement. There's another scene where he calls him out, like, why are you sneaking in broad daylight? Like, they're going to go to a place. Uh, that's good. Yeah. Oh, there's Kimmy Schmidt's uh, apartment. I don't know. Like, this movie does Yeah, she lived in, like, a little side, like, the gate there. Oh, would you look? It's Joni Mitchell's flat in 19... Oh, okay, so... Moriarty is trying to reach him, and now where would he reach him? But the phone company. We're gonna take a really weird detour, and this what? is like because he would use the phone to call him. Uh, Carl, like he just—it's quirky. Everything's fucking quirky in this movie. I mean, you think they might be giants? It's quirky. You should see they might be giants. <laughs> hammer down if you see the rabbit child. Say hammer down for me, the rabbit child. <laughs> I just don't know these songs. All Never I down. know is Ambulant to something Constantinople. You, they had some like serious songs. I don't like you and your racist friend. Right? It wasn't all just puff. I don't like you and your racist friend. <laughs> okay. All right. So he's gonna go into the phone company, and this is a very play-like scene. Basically, it shows you the bureaucracy and the thing of uh, the phone company. So this young lady is saying, you got to help me. My friend says he took a bunch of pills and she's going to go die. And the operator is saying, listen, I can't talk to you in person. I Like I told you over the phone, I can only give information over the phone. And That's then funny. she's going to say, well, what am I supposed to do? She says, well, there's a phone right there behind you. So she's sure going to call on the pay phone and the, the operator is going to pick up the call. And she said, yeah, I can't so give you this quirky. information. And he's watching this. This is just when he walked in. This is what I'm saying. Like, I went to IMDb and to the user re reviews, and there's a like hundred of them. A hundred reviews. 99 said they love this movie, and one says, what's up with the other 99? Okay, and you're in the what's up camp. Yeah, I'm going to have to say what's up. I like the director, and I like the, the, the writing, and I, I like you know, it didn't really click with me, but I like it. But yeah, now, overall, is that Lois Lane? Uh, is that? Um, uh, Don't you think it's ironic that she's in? She's like Superman's waiting for that phone booth. She's talking. No, there's the actress nowadays who plays Lois Lane. I see her in now. Oh days. yeah, what's it? What's her name? Amy, uh, Amy Adams. Yeah. Now she's saying like, you know, I don't have it, and we're sorry. Like a change. No, that changed. Like, I don't have his number, like his address, and we don't give addresses over the phone. Well, I'm here in person. Well, we don't give information in person. It's a catch twenty two, Carl. Okay, yeah. Or what? Which you've never seen incorrectly. You need to see that, and you need to read the book. I know. I need to read the book. You're not the first person in my life who told me that. Now, look, what does the phone company think? She's crying. She's crying. You're showing empathy. Uh huh. I am showing empathy. This is, I'm not a real character. I really like this actress and uh, I didn't do any research on her and I apologize because I figured she's probably more, there's a lot of interesting New York City actors in this film. And Just we're going to see. in there and it's too much to research. 
Okay, so what did he just give to her? The the address book. Okay, so he has just walked into a situation. Yes, Carl. And resolved it. Yep. Now here's another He's New York so City good. actor who I didn't research. He's What's got going? The crossword. Right, and you're not the only one who noticed that. Oh, a crossword playing, huh? Well, oh, so he's... this looks like um, J.R. J- Ewing. This looks like I Dream a Genie guy. Oh, I know who you're talking about. We buddy, saw him right? blob. Oh, uh, Larry Hagman? Hagman, yeah, yeah. I, I actually think he looks like somebody else. Well, he kind of looks like Rick Overton right here. Why does I'm he Rick have Overton. a gun? Like, you're not allowed in here? Oh, no. Sherlock Holmes said to Watson, we have our gun. He goes, he has a gun. And he says, hey, I see you like crossword puzzles. Obviously, he has a pencil behind you. You like British cryptic crosswords? Yeah, that's where half the clue is a direct definition. The other is a reference to a gameplay. Oh, he grabbed the gun. Now, he can't steal that man's gun. It looks like Joe Flair. Oh, she's saying, hey, uh, call the cops. I don't know the number. I'm too embarrassed to call information myself. That's the joke. (laughs) So wait, that, that security guard is in a whole mess of trouble now. If you lost your revolver, that guy is fired. Well, on the other hand, he got a cryptic crossword. And there's going to be another uh, cop. Like, these actors... I just want to say, as a psychiatrist, she is being so irresponsible now, allowing his fantasy to lead her. She is not the doctor right now. She is... Well, we're going to see that. We're going to see a more personal side of Mildred. She drinks a lot in this movie. She's like a classic drunk. Her New York City apartment, Carl, is great. Like, I do love, I love everything about this movie, about the, the environment. But she does have a bottle of bourbon and a glass by her uh, nightstand, on her so nightstand. So why are you in the I don't like this movie camp? Because, one, I'm kind of tired of watching, you know, a wife die and then the guy has to deal with it type of thing. Okay. Also, I think, like, he's going to give a speech in the cab and I'll play the volume, which kind of defines this movie. It's saying that Don Quixote thought the windmills were giants right. he's wrong now look at this i know he his goes, face. He I goes know his face. yeah right i didn't look i didn't research understood anything. no problem he says mr rathbone right basil rathbone who plays sherlock holmes and then he gets oh. a cop a gun well you gave me a gun classic where are you in this shitty new york city area oh wow he can really hustle with his weight i would think he would be puffing right away Speaking of girth, like they hid right under that thing. There, see, he Smart. has his own building. There he is. Now, there's another guy, F. Murray Abrahams, in this movie. Yeah, F. I love F. him. Over G. C. Does he? Oh, does he? I never met G. Murray Abraham. Does he? Um, does he do a good job, F. Murray Abraham? Because usually he's pretty stellar. That guy. Oh yeah, no, he's good. He plays the role, and you kind of see him. I think you know, honestly, I don't know which character he plays because everyone's so what? young. Look at this old timey classic car. Well, that's that is when I think F. Uh, Marie Abraham's in the back. I think the guy in the back is F. Marie Abraham. Okay, I let's might be see wrong. his face. It's possible. I got to see him closer. I don't think so. He owes Blevin owes money to this guy. This is not F. Marie Abraham. All right. Okay. Well, this guy is saying, he's saying, what the fuck did you write? Never, not a penny on it. It was my brother. Okay, so he knows the blackmailer. That is the blackmailer right there. Yeah. What I mean to say is the brother, is the brother learning right now who his blackmailer was? No, he just thinks it's Moriarty, and he's off on a little quest. 
because he can't cope with the brother sitting in the car right now yeah he knows is he just now being exposed to the yeah no he knows it doesn't matter we we got it he's under pressure and he says otherwise i'm gonna shoot you and he motions the hand and then we cut to a Times square western uh where not only does sherlock holmes hang out he knows everybody they're gonna be oh mr holmes so glad you came to the western Okay, because he's he's a regular. Right. And this is in New York City, Times Square. This is where they showed the last picture, sh- uh, the last action hero, and the kid went through the screen. Now this that had the- F. Murray Abraham. Right. Well, it has the great light. Theater? Cool. No, I don't know if it's the same theater, actually, but it has that vibe. Oh, okay. Well, oh, actually, in the last action hero, the kid says, Don't trust him. He's F. Murray Abraham. You remember that? <laughs> yeah, he, he killed Mozart. He killed Mo- Mozart. Who? Look, Jack, I kill a lot of people. I, I can't just remember all their names. Oh, it's a pleasure to see you again. And then there's like, you know, the makey makey out couple. And she's like, what are they doing? What do they mean, get it on? He doesn't know what it means, get it on? Well, then she realized it dawns on her. So he, she does find some solace and some juju beads, right? He's going to give her some juju fruit or the fucking awful candy. candy. Horrible. Awful candy. Only in New York City in the early 70s was that good. Yeah, the thing is, I don't understand how it got mass produced because you couldn't suck on it. It wouldn't make any flavor. You couldn't chew it because it was so unchewable. How did it survive? You know, uh, Pam Benjamin, station manager, once made a homemade uh, caramel, wink, 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 and I had it, and I pulled out my molar. Oh! My crown came out. and Oh, oh! I had it in a little plastic bag, and the doctor, my dentist, God bless him, he had a, uh, 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 what are the, the dogs that help you feel better? A uh, comfort animal? Yeah. He had him in there. I said, oh, how cute. They have a comfort animal for me, the patient. Uh-uh. As it was for me? that that doctor went through some shit, I think. He <laughs> put it back in, and it came out again. And then the next morning, I showed up, and there was two different dentists. They got it fixed, and I got out of there. It was Great. awful. I remember you learned how to floss the day that uh, you went to the dentist. They did. They found a chicken bone. Remember? <laughs> I do remember. Thank you, Carl. You're like, I am flossing from now on. Yeah, she cleaned out my teeth. It was a dental checkup, and she, I was a chicken bone <laughs> stuck in the bottom, back bottom. Anyway, she's having a good time, Carl. She's opening up. She's an interesting character in this movie because I, I really do care. For, like, it's a good performance. She she has her own quirks. You're gonna see one of the things she does is she they're gonna they're gonna for some reason go to a school. Okay. And the reason is so convoluted and we'll we'll play the reason, but she says, Listen, if we separate, we need a rendezvous point. Why don't we say my apartment dinner is seven o'clock? He goes, Yes, yes, that sounds what? great. What? She is unprofessional. <laughs> but and they connect for some reason it. she is unprofessional she is a psychiatrist and right, right. now she's sitting in a theater with sherlock holmes right learning and what, what it on is it, it she shouldn't be doing this she should be not entertaining his fantasy at all she should be diving into no it is a real fantasy because he's gonna like deduct and deduce uh this whole convoluted stuff like it it really doesn't make sense to me. That's probably why I'm not too thrilled by this movie. Is that 
ultimately the mechanic. I and the audience see this. Goodness, I'm outraged. Oh, God. Look, he's taking his shoes off. You, I don't know, last time. Who are you? Oh, hey, that guy looks familiar. You keep your voice down. Oh, I know these actors. Yeah, right. They're all like straight off stage to do this. Right. And I, I do like you would movies see them that on a TV show. You would see them as bit parts in other films. Well, there's going to be two bit actors that we're going to talk about so later she gets in the film. Picked out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, Sherlock Holmes. I remember we auditioned together. We were. It was the Hounds of Baskerville. <laughs> what is she doing? Looking for something? Oh no, she fell down in this 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 uh, theater, which we'll revisit. It's gross. It's dark in the sun. So here it is, Carl. This is what we live for, Times Square, 1971. Whoa, they're covering up all the private parts. Look at these guys. Like, they obviously are shooting a movie, and these jerk-off boys are like, I can't wait. <laughs> this, look, this jerk-off guy is like, yeah. Ah. yeah all Frank beef, I'll say. Yeah, that's for the porn place. Uh, U.S. troops have... have Oh, the electric thing. Now, does Times Square still have that? Yes. No, in the Spider-Man movies, they have a giant video screen with J. Jonah Jameson revealing Look how uh, different it is. The Man of La Mancha sign was right there. I, the... I remember that. I think that was the scene with, uh, what's his name? Is becoming Jamie Foxx was becoming a bad guy. Maybe. Now, here's in Paul. Times Square and Spider-Man. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, this guy. He's a Paul Benedict. butler. On the ben- Jeffersons. Jeffersons. Neighbor Jeffersons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he does a great job. Now, this is kind of interesting. He says, do you have any chestnuts? He goes, no, nah, I don't have any chestnuts. You're a chestnut man who doesn't have chestnuts? That's right. He goes, uh, that's, yeah, no, just, uh, that's the picture or something. Now, they're looking for garbage. And uh, I don't know. God, they're not looking at their phones. They have to go to a newspaper kiosk to read the <laughs> daily news. to go to a library. And look at this water dripping off his hat. Oh, here we go. Ah, interesting. Oh, better plays. The directors, the the writers, like piss on those. Yeah, look at that. He's just hanging out. There's Times Square. That's the famous uh, uh, light post. A famous lamp. Wow, look at the way those pigeons are dressed. Boy, this is clearly seventy-one. They're covered in blood. Oh, the famous Kent billboard. Was (laughs) that famous? I didn't know. In the hard way with uh, Michael J. Fox and James uh, Woods, he hangs out here. Now, this street corner Good has, film. like, look at this. He has the chestnut man, the garbage that he's looking for, and a wind-up toy thing all in one street corner. Hold it, it, mister. This mister. is your garbage. Put yeah. it in the garbage can. A little silent movie. Where's Valentino? Oh, that's so New York. Right. Oh, it is so <laughs> They're all New York actors. I mean, come on. This is before Law & Order. This is all the work they can get. Oh, now it says back to school. This plays a predominant uh, role. Yeah. All right. Now here he is. Everything's out of control. It's out of control. Chestnut man without any chestnuts. Yes. Yeah. Oh, look at this. We'll see those guys in a second. Ow! Did you notice the the? Oh yeah. Shot a gun into the air. Now this movie finally wakes up for me. She she shoots a gun in Times Square, and then check out what she does. Taxi. She just gets away with it. Uh, hey, he's holding a gun, and he's like, yeah, no way, man, I'm off duty. Fuck you, it says on duty. Well, I'm off duty. And she's like, fuck you, I'm going to play some of the cab. This ca- this is where the movie kind of clicks for me. Okay. 
She doesn't pull the gun and make him. Are they no. in the back? They are. Okay. Oh, that ketchup is. Oh, I've never had finer ketchup on below my nose before. Thank you. Do you have any cocaine? Might as well make it a party. Now, uh, he's going to booze it up. And then the taxi driver says. Hey, no boozing in my hack. <laughs> no boozing in my hack. But they he's going he's gonna to give a speech, which is the definition of this movie. He's saying that Cervantes. like, Let's hear it. Okay. Is it time? Okay, so he's got an accent. Here we go. Red mode might be medicine. Sixth Avenue and Tenth. Now, Carl, you you're from New York City. Yeah. What is this? Is that limelight? Sixth Avenue and Tenth? That no, the limelight was downtown. He goes into a very strange basement in this building. I see. Look, what building on Sixth Avenue and Tenth has like a a lighthouse staircase? Okay. So wait, okay, so the church, Sixth Avenue, and okay, but it was like broad. The limelight was, it was like where you got to Broadway and Spring Street and, and yeah. West Broadway split off. It wasn't, this isn't limelight. But... Okay, now I the know only him. Reason, I know him. He's his Jack Guilford, and he's the only guy I did research because I recognized him. He was he was from the Brooklyn, and in the 40s, he was at MC and nightclubs. He's a longtime pal of Zero Mustel. They were both blacklisted. He He got blacklisted, and his wife never worked again. This guy, um, Jack Guilford, but yeah. he kind of, he had like an, an act. And actually, Jack Guilford and his other wife wrote a memoir with Josh Mustel, uh, no, Zero Mustel and his wife called 170 Years of Show Business. Okay. So they they wrote like a, a two couples in Hollywood. Wrote so it's a, their combined years. Yeah. He, uh, he also advertised Cracker Jack. So he says like, my name is Watson. He goes, yeah, yeah, right. No, here, I'll prove it. And she pulls out a gun and a chair. She, Look, Watson, Dr. Watson, Dr. Watson, Dr. Watson, Dr. Mildred Watson. <laughs> oh, okay, I got it. You you must be angry at me. I got you all upset. Uh, what are yeah, they he was, doing he was in this basement? They're researching something. Well, that's the thing. I think this is a, a reference center that he finds refuge in it. Because it, it's obviously this guy knew Justin Playfair back in the day. And he understands that him turning to Sherlock Holmes, he, he's sympathetic. In fact, he wants to be the Scarlet Pumpernel. You remember uh -huh. the Scarlet Pumpernel? And he even quotes it. Uh, so, you know, he's saying, what's wrong with that? You know, I want to be the Scarlet Pumpernel and he, he <laughs> wants to be Sherlock Holmes and, you know, can't be the all bad. I scarleted this book. What? I mean, I read this I read. book. You know, I it's so weird because I don't really know Sherlock Holmes, but I know the millions of parodies. I don't know Patton, but I know the him standing in front of the American flag. You don't know flag. Patton? 
I, I never saw the entire movie, no. You know, I don't know that I, sh- I, I, okay, like, you didn't read the Sherlock Holmes books. I didn't read them all, but some. Yeah, I read a couple. But it's like, it's okay that you missed it. And like, Patton, you know, you should know it, but it's okay that you missed it. He did a TV movie as George Patton in 86, like the last days of George Patton. He returned. I didn't know that. It, one of the great things about Patton is he believed it was his second life. And he went to the beaches. He, he, he was saying stuff like, the battle wasn't over. You know, there was a sign where the battle was. He goes, the battle wasn't over here. It was over there. It, Patton was, Patton is something, if you see it, you know, you'll enjoy it. But don't go out of your way. It's but like six hours, right? It was long. It wasn't six hours. <laughs> All right. So this is it. They're they're breaking up. Oh, I'm not insane. I'm Sherlock Holmes. That's a big line in this movie. I should also mention that Jack Guilford starred. Not only was he in Harry and Walter Go to New York, he was also in Goldie and Box Go to Hollywood. I wonder what's the films that I know him from. Okay, so they're breaking up. You know him from He's like Tubby the Tuba. He's fed up. All right, so uh, she's saying he'll he'll come back. Is that sweet? He's very sweet in this movie. He'll come back. Now they're going to break down that back to school garbage bag, right? He's going to say, "Oh, huh, the garbage bag." Do anything? Wait, Mike. What is the mystery they're trying to solve? Doctor Moriarty is behind right? all of this. That's what he and believes. They have to confront Doctor Moriarty. And Dr. Moriarty is one step ahead and one step behind, so he knows he's there, and that's why he's there. So Dr. Moriarty gave him clues. There was the words back to school on the garbage can. So he's going to go through all the schools, and then he's going to discover a school with the name B-A-G-G, bag school. That's the next scene we're going to go to. Because it was a school bag? No, this guy, Mr. Bag, had a school. Okay. B-A-G-G. And... They're, he's quirky, and his wife is quirky, and their story is insanely quirky. So he you know? believes he's going after his arch enemy Moriarty. He's going to find him, and uh-huh. when he does, I, I'm not going to give away the ending. Let's no, not give away. What the I'm ending. saying is, what does he think Moriarty has done to him? Moriarty is... killed his wife, and he can't deal with the grief. Moriarty is everything that's wrong in his life. Moriarty okay. is this okay. fear. So this isn't about the blackmail. This is about his personal. Yeah, the blackmail is like a red herring. It's oh, just... okay, okay. We're not going to find like the only issue with the blackmailers is that they're going to go after Sherlock Holmes directly, saying, "Hey, man, why don't you fucking you know, your brother owes us money, basically." Okay, so he's so going to be confronted. Some... All right, here we there go. There he is. There's the not F. Marie Abraham. Not I don't recognize his face from anything either, so I can't. I kind of do. I mean, I guess he looks a little like Sid Haig. Uh, all right, so yeah, her apartment in New York. Oh, so I know. I don't understand this scene. Like, I, there's some guy muttering, and I can't tell if it's a New York City, like, obscene phone call, or, like, I think it's Dr. Strauss saying, you better get your shit together. Okay. It's really, it's it's the one scene I, I can't figure out. Strauss, if that's what's happening. Because this is very unprofessional, and she gets mad at her patient and storms off. You want to lose your job. It's got to be Strauss. He's like, fine, I got yourself a deal. No. Yeah, look, look, New York City bedroom. Look look what's right behind her on the nightstand. 
That's a bottle Alcohol. of booze. Yeah, the glass. Classic. From last night? From right now. Like, just waiting for her to pick up that bottle. There we go. Thank you. Blip, 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 blip. <sighs> just need a stiff belt. <laughs> that was from before we went to DMV. We went to DMV Lounge for Stiff Belt for Courage before we egged Town Hall. That's right. On our 1980, 1989 public access TV show. 90. 90. No, no, no. Uh, that was active. 91, 92 is the years we did it. It was late 91 and then okay. all in 92. I tried to make it work in 93 with Uncle Floyd, but it didn't happen. You were really instrumental in that show. When you would come home from Brandeis, I would be like, I'm picking you up. And you're like, Carl, I, I only have two days here. Shut up. Get in the car. Here's some tequila. We're shooting oh, Hamlet. I love it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's on YouTube or Hamlet. Don't you? Uh, now, okay. At the time, you were like, Carl, every second. But now that we've done it, it was, you know, it lives on it's forever. Oh, absolutely. It was worth it. Okay. So he's kind of given up. Not given up, but, you know, he's. It feels information. Oh, too much. If you know, what the. And he's going to. Not only is he going to figure out the stupid thing about the school, but she's going to come back, Carl. He and she's right. like, what are you doing? Let's go. And then she's full on. And don't forget, we have a dinner romance coming up. Well, they do have an appointment. Yeah, so I don't know. Like, Just on first glance, like they said, oh, Anthony Harvey, kind of, that was it. His career's over. But, you know, this director did a bunch of stuff, and He's so acting. His films are just a lot stonier. You know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. uh He he did a and guys, I don't know, just bullshit. Eagles Wing, uh, Richard's Things. Oh, Eagles Wing and Richard's Things. Two different movies he directed. <laughs> you know, I still can't get over that. Uh, Planet of the Apes was rated G. That doesn't feel escape, right. Escape, escape, from the oh, escape of the Apes. from the Planet of the Apes. Seventy one. Gotcha. That was a. Uh, but why G? I mean, you would think with the well, violence. The, and... the rating system had, there were X-rated movies. What I did was I went to IMDb, looked up all the 273 films released in 1971, and this anything that had a research? G rating. This is what you focus on? We're watching yeah. this film, and you're focusing on what happened yeah. that year. Right. Why did 1971 have fucking Andronimus Strain, Willy Wonka, and They Might Be Giants and G-rated movies? What's wrong? What's weird? That's so weird. Yeah. Now, Andromeda you know, Strain, like, I could see. I think there were some recent G-rated movies that are like, do you remember Disney's The Kid with Bruce Willis or David Lynch's The Straight Story it was a G-rated Disney film? I they know the Willis one. Yeah. Well, the straight story is great. It's about a, a brother who drives his track, his uh, lawnmower across country, uh, across the state to see his dying brother. The but real he sweet. He only film. had that means of transportation. He only used that. So it went fifteen miles per hour max. Yeah, and he, you know, he met people along the way. It's a really sweet movie, but it's a really like deep film for kids. It's not just Aladdin seventeen. It's uh, yeah. You know, it has some meat to the bones. So I, I think these G-rated movies, it fascinates me because they also released X-rated movies. The board said, this film is X-rated. You got an X-rated review. They had a rating called GP, General, I don't know. And that was all the, like, 
unrated like uh, exploitation films. Okay. Kind of had that rating. So I just think Never it was interesting. It. But they had like, you know, Midnight Cowboy was an X-rated film and that won the best picture. They were that legitimate. Been R. Yeah, well, right. All these R movies were X. It was like the NC-17. He's pretending to be Scarlet Pumpernickel. That's another thing. I know these as parodies. I don't know Pumpernickel. I know the parody of Scarlet Pumpernickel and how you, it got sued. You shouldn't bother. See, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Look, you missed, I think you missed Sherlock Holmes, and that's okay. Yeah, well, you know, this film is like he's Sherlock Holmes, but although his deduction is not really like Sherlock Holmes, this is more about Don Quixote. This film is interesting because we also survive, you know, we've gone through so much shit as Americans that like listening to a guy say, well, there might be a sex pedo ring in the basement of a, of a pizza parlor in, in Washington, D.C. It might be alternative facts. You know, we, we've gone through all this last four years. So he doesn't seem, he seems like the, the voice of the city, that there's a crazy guy in New York City and he's the voice of the city, right? He's just trying to deal with shit. Okay. But now, like, so this she's guy is, back because she found. Yeah. And look, he's made saying, the front page. This is the real you. Yeah, that's the real you. That's just in Playfair. Now, listen, your brother wants your cash and we got to do something about it. Now, she's doing the first professional thing I think she's done. Well, the first professional thing was refusing this job. And the, no, no, not. No, because she called, she called him Holmes. He goes, You called me Holmes. All right. <laughs> You're right. You're patronizing. Hey, I'm Watson, right? That's my last name. What a coincidence. Now, this stupid garbage thing. So they're going to, like, go through the alphabet. You know, garbage, barbage, garbage, 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 garbage. It has to be garbage. Like, it's just the reasoning is that it said back to school. What are the schools? How how, how many schools? Well, there's they're going to list. This is kind of cute. You can see in the public parochial divinity, you know, clown, barber, rabbinical, charm, school of fish. They're trying to and name she's all. Going to get to bag? No. They're going to say, "Well, it's a bag." Well, what if a bag school? And they're going to find a school called bag. That's school. what I thought. Yeah, because it was a back to school bag. Right, but Carl, now that we all know this, what it doesn't mean anything other than they're just kind of chasing a little crazy tail. Right, exactly. He's he's realizing it right now. Yeah. So it's a bag. So there must be a school named Bag. Someone named School has. Uh, someone named Bag has a school, and someone named School up. probably Look has a up. bag. Right, and his buddy happens to have it right here. Well, it is an archival record what? I mean, for a church in the basement. It's kind of funny how this is like the manual hard drive. Right? Oh, I love it! I love it! Absolutely love it! He's been pushing this jelly donut the whole time. And Tom is like, I don't need a donut. And now he's like, give me a donut. I'm ready. He came back. He came <laughs> back. That's my George C. Scott. Oh, my favorite George wow, C. Scott. Wow, look at that. I'm telling you, this is beautiful. Like, I love this movie because of this. <laughs> look at the crap underneath the bridge. <laughs> Hey, where do I need this? I gotta throw away this car. Throw it under the bridge. It's almost like the cars themselves pitched off the bridge and that's where they landed. <laughs> I regret nothing. They all commit suicide off the bridge. What great quality this film is. Uh the 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 uh 
actual um uh you know hd and yeah like okay there's several different versions of this movie um the original got cut there's a scene at the end of pathmark there's a scene at the end of pathmark that got kind of truncated uh okay. so the the other version is five minutes longer but it's just the quality didn't look that good i didn't, I didn't enjoy uh, you watching can't park it. there not if marie abraham there's a fire hydrant all right so they're going into the school and the hitmen are following them they don't notice oh they'll well, notice somebody no come in he's no hitman he's the brains behind the blackmail well he but he wants to i don't know rough them up see bad, bad school, school. Arboriculture. Yeah, so it's a school on how to grow fucking plants, vegetables. Okay. It's a horticulture school. Look at this New York City. I'm so in love with this New York City. How cool is this? Yeah. But, all right, uh, $5 says they're quirky. Arboriculture. Arboriculture. Oh, yeah, arboriculture. Not agriculture. It's, uh, see, ab, I think that means tree, uh, Arbor Day and such. Arbor Day and then Culture Day. Arbor culture. Trees do have an interesting culture. You know, if you've seen Lord of the Rings, they're. Oh, yeah, right. They're, they're, they living and stuff like that. I saw, <laughs> I saw Wizard of Oz and now I'm scared of trees. Yeah. <laughs> there was also a great tree episode in, um, uh, Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Oh, really? Did the tree Great like spit tree. blood? You not not a lot of people know that you are Carl. That would be great. If I ever do become famous, I'm seriously calling up that guy who was Shake, who's the, who is the brains behind that. I'm saying, come Venus on, let's Snyder. do it again. Come on, pull it out. We'll yeah. rename it. I will be live action Carl the neighbor. <laughs> that would be so great. See, what look at this quality. Look. This film, this this print is this cut. I know. I mean, that's part of the charm of this movie. I can't completely dismiss it because it looks great. All right. Now, uh oh. Now, one thing Sherlock is going to do is he's going to reference the uh, the lawn tripping. Hello. Hello. I'm Sherlock Holmes. All you. I am just an average student with another average student, and we would like to audit your classes. Oh, great. We haven't left. You up with scissors. They're saying we're worse. Uh, well, he recognizes the uh, the work, and he's like, "Oh, you use the term." Here we go, uh, Quinquac, according to the. the so, because he's Sherlock Holmes, he would know stuff like that. He's right, and so class. that impresses them. Now, the quirky couple is going to friend them, and they are quirky. Carl, they never left their arbor cultural school. They've they been never growing walked their out on the street. Yeah, they had rent control, and they're not leaving the city. <laughs> Die, right? That's me in the audience. Why'd you die so I could take your apartment? I want your loft. He, she looks slightly familiar. He doesn't. I'm also getting uh, Audrey Hepburn. Bye. A little Audrey Hepburn feel to her, yeah. I have. I think I have their names. Pick. Now, why is her hat tied down so the wind won't blow it off? Ridiculous. They're just quirks. Oh, you know, James Tolkien is Mr. Brown. I think he was a film director. I didn't look it up, Carl. With that hat, of course he was. Yeah. Well, he he's a little friend. So, yeah, you recognize good work. We trust you now. We're friends. So you said, well, what's the point? They're going to just have a talk? Where's this leading? Well, the hitman's going to come up, and they're going to have a chase around this uh, location. Okay. 
See, we grow our own apricots, peaches. I guess. Yeah, apricots, plums. I can't stand plums. Here's a dog showing his butt. Right. Edward Scissorhands himself fucked this dog. <laughs> <laughs> hey, off the dog. <laughs> Quirky. Right? Quirky New Yorkers. Yes. Uh-oh. Oh, not F. Murray Abraham. Film director James Tolkien. So he's like, hey, we're you're blackmailing brother. your brother and you yeah. better consent. Whoa! <laughs> Slam the door. That's the only funny scene. It's a stereotype. Now, this Sean Barry music, it's not very good. It's kind of uh, like this, uh, this scratchy, like, call let's and response. All right. Here, oh, my potted plant! Oh, I have to go outside. Get back with those scissors. We have got to that. Oops, I think I did. A completely pointless stunt. Right, he swung. He was like oh, fucking Jack Sparrow. He was just swung on the <laughs> yeah. uh, the plant. All right, now, I don't understand what she's cooking. Making dinner. So she has the boiling water. Why is the water boiling? What is the water for? Not I love me. her New York City apartment, though. It's completely small. Look why do you have bro- water boiling? What are you boiling? What it's boiled, isn't it? Like she's acting. And then what is this honey bear packaging? Like what the fuck is that? Is that meat? Lobster? It's lobster? It's lobster. It looks like a ketchup package. See, she's got this tiny little apartment. Wait, Love is it. she like all getting ready for the the date? That's right. I think she we have very music on this. Oh no. Yeah, she's prepping for her date. She's Ding. making dinner. Oh, look, the water's boiling. What's the point? Those are lobsters. Those are lobsters. Don't touch oh. it with your fingers. Also, why is she putting the lobster in the, the heating pan? The broiler. The broiler. Oh, it's broiling. I got you. She made herself a New York City salad. You put it in your little mini fridge. Isn't the tea kettle just yelling at her? Yeah, like, pour me in ramen. Put me in tea. What the fuck? Turn me off. <laughs> but, she's you know, she... Uh, will she be have time? No, she's got to run back. Uh oh. Oh no. Watch pot never boils. You better do some pot watching, lady. She's making lobster and gravy. Why is she so stressed? Well, he's still not here on time. He's supposed to be here at seven. Yeah, I think it's like at one point she just throws in her hat and says, I have to get on with my own life and 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 think for me and throws away her That's career. That's a very pretty dress. But why is she having a date with her patient? It's a movie like this. We never said anything about Prince of Tides, right? Movies, <laughs> doctors always fall in love with their patients and vice versa. Oh, oh it's oh, on my dress. Oh, everything's going wrong. See, he's got flowers. This is a date. Mm-hmm. But they didn't set it up that way. It's just a meeting. Well, no, no. She said it was a meeting, but she was obviously setting up a date. Uh-oh. Not F. He comes through the window? How quirky. <laughs> just like a... um, uh, Keanu Reeves in that movie with... Uh... With his dog? No. That's why I brought it up, though. Uh, Keanu Reeves went through a window and... There was a woman who was, she was going to die of cancer before Sweet Christmas. November? He made ha- Christmas. Yeah. He went through the window. 
No, I never saw that movie. That was shot in Potrero Hill in San Francisco, uh, a block from my neighbor, my friend's yeah. house. And you he can had skip photo- that movie except to see your old neighborhood. Yeah. But he would. He had. He showed me videos of him yelling, "Hey, Keanu!" Was <laughs> <laughs> a shout out to Lane. Uh, that guy's great. Yeah, he was like Keanu. <laughs> Is he a comedian? No, he's a buddy of mine from San Francisco. Oh, so we can't be on Celebrity Comedian Countdown. Uh, it would be great to talk to him. I haven't talked to him in years, but I uh, don't know if he wants to do a Comedian Countdown. If we ever do that movie, you've got to have him on. Okay. Yeah, oh, absolutely, because he'll tell the stories of him, like, interrupting the production. There was another one he did called, like, Kiss the Girls, in which he was, like, a bad, he was a serial killer, and there was a, watch the flame! The Watcher or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there was a film where he was a serial killer that his best friend, like a buddy said, hey, can you be in this movie as a favor? He said, yeah, all right, but don't promote me. And then uh-huh. suddenly he's like, Keanu Reeves is. <laughs> I hear that he is the nicest person uh, in real life, that he is a good egg, that he's friendly to everyone. and he. I love comedy. John Wick, and he's 57 or whatever, and the stunts they do are insane. Like he's well, yeah. I I I respect the guy, and I, he wrote a comic book called Berserker, missing a few letters, like an E or uh-huh. two, and it's good. It's about a guy who can't die, and the government uses him, and he's trying to figure out his origin. It's not a bad. It's not a bad comic. You know, he he. Um, I just saw him in two films. One is I finally saw Bill and Ted like later, you know, the newer one. The newer and one. I also saw Matrix Revolutions. And oh. he shows his age in those films. You can he does, tell. Absolutely. Yeah. He's hapless in Bill and Ted, right? As a, as a father. And like, he just kind of lost the plot. It the, wasn't I a wish, good film. They didn't I, do a good job. Better. I wish that movie was better. Yeah. I liked what they were doing. And I liked right. that it was. Me yeah. too. I, I then, liked how they, they went to therapy together. As, you know. With the poor wives. Yeah, no, I, I thought the kids were great. I mean, it's just that... It, and it was a nice wrap-up. Everyone does their own song. I but... think the problem is that Bill and Ted was practical effects. And, you know, they go to hell and they have, like, yeah. these kind of stop-motion effects. And they they put this, like, blood and sweat. But this movie is, like, a computer-generated, like, just yeah. here we go. We can do this and that. And, like, it just wasn't... Too bad. easy. It, was, it wasn't as gritty as the first two. But I liked it. It was all right. What you think of the last uh, Matrix movie? Uh, it wasn't good, and it could have been. Uh, it was very talky. Lots of times, it didn't make sense. The plot. Uh, if you've seen all the revolution, uh, all the Matrix movies, I do recommend you see it. Yeah. But and I think there's another one coming out where Smith wakes up and realizes. Really, uh, Agent Smith. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, anyway, I think they're milking a cow at this point, and they shouldn't be doing it. But they kind of, um, well, they they say like you know if if the creators don't do it, Warner Brothers is going to go ahead and do it. They they spell it out in the movie, where this video game. He says, "Listen, if you don't make this video game sequel, we're just Warner Brothers Interactive is just going to make it anyway." So, so I thought it was well hop in. I, there. I like. I thought it was a sequel to the trilogy. You know, like this whole idea. Yeah, of, sequel like, to the trilogy. Yeah, because he goes back to Zion. He talks to, to everyone there. You know, he well, it isn't Zion anymore. Zion was destroyed. Right. It's a new, just as cool a name. Oh, I forget like Neo now. Zion. Yeah, no, I I know what you're saying. Yeah, right. 
I don't know. I, I liked it. I thought I thought it was it was spot on in a few points, and I liked how the uh, the fighting scenes were. But it was dull. like how they had to convince Trinity that she was really part of the Matrix was so lame, and it just could have been done. You know, it's interesting. Her husband is the director of John Wick in the movie. Oh, it's played, it's played by uh, Chad, whatever. Now, I do not believe those are nipples. I think that is the cut of the dress. Am I yeah, right? No, absolutely. This is Joan Ann Woodward, okay? So there's no nipples. She's a distinguished actor. But it, impl- it, it implies nipples, and that's what the dress designer was going for. All right. This Why is you got to be so rude? Don't I'm going to bury that girl. You want to hear, oh, don't, don't, don't let it start. This is the worst part. To believe for all the world that you're my precious little girl. Is that... They yeah, might be I'm giant. going out to cow town. Cow's friend to me lives beneath the ocean. That's where I will be beneath the waves. The waves. What other? I thought there? that was always the greatest name. They might be giants. They might be. You don't know. TMBT. A couple hits under their belt. These guys might be giants. Did you ever call What's their seven one eight area? They had dial a song. What's Do you happening? Remember that? Oh right, there's ketchup on his face. I oh you know what? Something stupid. I forget. But why is he? Did he get hurt when he hit the ground? I don't. I don't. Yeah, I think he like something like that, and she's passionate. You don't know, Carl. I do know. I've seen this movie twice. Is this the second watching? No, this is my third time. Oh, okay, okay. You did your research. Okay, okay. I didn't watch it the second time all the way through, but Michael, I watched the scene. Okay, well, anyway, for some reason, he has fallen down, and this brings out the care in her. Right. Yeah, the, their guards are dropped at this point. Basically, we're setting up the last reel, which is going to be their final chase. Uh, I don't think anything gets resolved with Blevins. I don't think anything gets resolved with not F. Murray Abraham. But they I, will... I hope to see F. Murray Abraham for real in this film. You say he's in it? He is in it. Okay, I, I will be on the lookout. I will bump right. into him. All right. Yeah, let me see. Uh, a Band-Aid won't do. The adhesive part will touch the cut. She's not a he good He plays doctor. Clyde in there. Are they going to uh, do it, Mike? What's that? Are they going to do it? Yes. No. no, do it. Do it, do it. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, would you please welcome Def Leppard? Oh, that's Is that so the mist? He's got right. his pumpernick. pumpernick. Yeah, he's going to join him as as the great pumpernick miracle. But but now, but pumpernill. Okay, okay. So pumpernill was something that I know. I don't know. I know well, there was it's a, a parody story about a swashbuckler. It wasn't. Sherlock Holmes. I better not talk if I don't know what I'm talking about. No, no, Let me no. Get my fine. phone here. But what I'm saying is like. I never knew the original source, but there was a parody called the Scarlet Pumpernickel, and I yeah, knew that the was parody the, that of was, right. And they actually the 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 state or what have you sued the the parody, and it became like a, a flagship, you know, copyright uh, freedom of expression. Okay, so here we go. This is the final thing. We're getting the Baker Street Irregulars together. So, Scarlet uh, Mr. Small, like they need a team to confront Moriarty. Okay, so he's getting called back, the, the silent film star. Yeah. 
and I'll do anything you want, Mr. Combs. You know, now that you talk to me, I feel more open and more verbose, and I, I, I can talk freely. Will you shut up already? Okay, so here we have, there's some quirky ass John Barry music as they. You hear that military? Yeah. There's Rue. Uh, she's back. The so Ruzak, they're all going to march together and they're all going to confront uh, Moriarty at the path mark. Oh, at the path mark. Listen, there is no. Are you sure F. Murray Abraham is in the cast? Yeah, he is. He, okay, is one, he plays Clyde. I don't know who the fuck he is. All right. But I also know that. Uh, Okay, so look, the the Western, they're no longer showing Westerns. Oh, Sherlock Holmes, outraged. they stopped stop showing Westerns in the new Times Square drive, movie theater. Look at the marquee. Walla, George oh, C. Scott's so daughter in hardcore. That is what happens to Times Square, so that's so perfect. Yeah. Don't you think it's ironic that George C. Scott's daughter's in that movie? Yes. Okay, now why do you keep saying daughter? Is it his real life daughter? It's not. It's an actor. So look, there's the suicide guy in the telephone. They're wrapping it all up. Right, and they're all playing quirky music, and they're all being quirky in New York City. Robert Redford was the suicide guy. Was he? No, Redford. Well, I don't know. I think the actor looks a little like Robert. Here's. Oh, this is very F. Murray Abraham. There's F. Murray Abraham. Okay, there he is. So he was, I think, the guy at the movie theater who kicked out. Oh, look, look at these two. Oh, do you recognize? Yes. Do you recognize? Yes. Uh, I absolutely recognize him. We've and seen the other him guy on too. You show. know, it was it's M. Emmett Walsh. In yeah, a we saw role. him in uh, that movie where they go to Louisiana to find uh, seventy-two in the shade. Ninety-two. No, no. They go to they go to New Orleans to find the 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 man who they fought. Who is that? Oh, wrestler. is it Thunderground? Thunderground. Oh, they're in uh, Lincoln. Yeah, Thunderground. Lincoln. Look, oh, she's just, back. Yeah, there just happens to be in Lincoln Center. Now, the other guy, the other sanitation guy, is Louis Zorich, the husband of Olympia Dukakis. Oh, he was uh, in. Death of a Salesman. Remember with Dustin Hoffman, he played the Let's crazy, you know, him. the fantasy boring, boy. boring. He's a boring. big player, and this is too small a role for Emmett Walsh and, and Louis Zurich, who's in Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. You know, it's just it seems like they're New York actors. And they're doing a play in New York. Look, they're yeah, outside. They're. They hear it. Let's go outside. Okay, That's ridiculous. You can't go outside. They okay. hear the music. They hear Barry's music. Awful. So they're all going to confront. Hey, what's all this going on there? Hey, what's the, well, forget about it. They're going to confront him. Now, uh, the scene in the supermarket got, I don't know what Truncated, you said? Yeah, they're going to Pathmark. That's, that's so, well, I want to think of Pathmark as a Jersey place, but I guess right. it was New York too. I was shocked to hear that A&P supermarkets closed. Oh, you didn't know Pathmark's gone? A&P is gone. Yeah. Right, yeah, it's weird. Now we have Stop and Shop, and we do have ShopRite still, so. Oh, thank God. I was thinking that the name Pathmark, you can buy that name now and totally have a grocery store that everyone will be comfortable at. I would okay, have the so biggest can-can party 
Yeah, cans. Pathmark has cans, cans. Selling so. lots of brands of everything in cans. Dun, 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 dun. From applesauce to zucchini, it's can-can shopping spree. Now's the time to... Gosh, why is that in my brain? I'll probably on my deathbed. Unfortunately, <laughs> that'll come back. There was a, one part where our dad said, I'm not paying 79 cents for a can of green beans. 49 cents. Oh, man, way to go. Get two. Get two, honey. Get two. They're cans. We'll put them in the cupboard. Now, uh... talking him? He's giving the crazy guy speech to the, to the people who want to believe. I don't know. We just went through QAnon. I don't really care about this guy. You know what I mean? Like uh, your little crazy quirkiness is kind of dangerous after a while. <laughs> yeah, but this was there's Robert Redford. See? Yeah, there's Robert Redford next to Emmett Walsh. <laughs> he looks great, Emmett yeah. Walsh. This is seventy one. He looks he's exactly thin, like. He, yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know one of my favorite movies he's in is uh, the Christmas with the Cranks. Right, yeah, you brought that up all during that episode. Yeah, well, because he uh, he plays, he's a lot older in this movie. And uh, he keeps calling Tim Allen old man. It pisses Tim Allen off. It's really funny. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. I love that movie. All right, here we go. We're going to oh. enter this. I'm going to play the audio because they do some stupid, quirky joke where, okay. um, well, I don't think they made it to the supermarket. Oh, they have, yeah, they got to go down another spiral staircase. Down the spiral staircase. No one's coming. Spiral was a great club on by uh, CBGB's. Uh... Yeah, like a wooden matchstick at the ready. <laughs> yeah, strike anywhere. <laughs> and they're long lasting. You could go down an entire flight of stairs without going <laughs> extinguishing. Yeah, you will burn your finger, but it won't go out. But when you burn your finger, you could do the. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, so they yeah. went down to go. Okay, they went down to the street. Okay. There it is. Pathmark. It's Pathmark, according to IMDb. And they put a fake name on, or? Yeah, I think so. Are we going to see that Pathmark guy who we saw in? Uh... James Karen. Yeah. Hard, hard bodies, too. I know. I like to think that the spirit of, of New York City actor James Karen is in this movie, yeah. along with the other New York City actors. He was good in Hard Bodies as the gr the director who disagreed. I'm the director of Hard Bodies. Yeah. One. Cross your fingers. He is so unprofessional. Look where she is right now, doing her job as a psychiatrist. See, I love you. In it. Cool. Look at a glorious, glorious. Wow. Dude. Somebody was working all night to set this, this up. This is the they joke. They haven't sold a thing. They haven't sold a thing. Look, at, the joke is that he keeps repeating this, like passionate, like eating his tenderloin, only eighty-nine cents <laughs> a pound. Carol O'Connor's oh, doing it. People Look, there's people crackers, crackers for dogs. dogs. What the what? What kind of world do we live in? Oh, sure, I heard of animal crackers for humans, but human crackers for dogs. There's nobody path here. Mark. There was a path mark symbol. See, they're they're sneaking around. Carol O'Connor. Yeah, he's just like seventy nine cents. 
this is really behind the scenes. You just don't get to see this. Nowadays, you're not allowed to walk into the meat locker or the butcher of Pathmark. And what a supermarket to have all these cuts of beef like that hanging around. I do not understand, and I kind of don't need to know how the plot led us to here and how, you know, those guys are still waiting for him on the roof, are they not? Yeah, but they didn't follow. You know what I mean? Like, he led them to it, and this so, is not their journey. Listen, I've got a little fire alarm, so keep talking. Okay, I'm going to keep talking about Oh, this is my favorite scene, the old meat locker. Uh, I think he won a, I think the Slab of Meat won an Oscar for Best Supporting Role. He said it was a pleasure working for George C. Scott. Oh, now he's saying, I'm looking at the closed captioning. But he's doing like a jiggery thing in his head where he's like, huh, well, if the note said this and the bag said this and there was 57 varieties on a Heinz ketchup. It reminds me of this Charlie's Angels episode I watched where the band was like Kiss. It was like kind of like a magical mystery tour band. and uh, Charlie's Angels had to find clues off their record albums. So, yeah, they're like stammering and stammering and they're saying it must be in Central Park. Sorry, I'm back. The fire. Oh no, Carl! I was just setting up that we're at the end. Oh, okay. They they finally they realize that two plus two equals seven, and that (laughs) Moriarty is going to be at this location in Central Park, and Moriarty is under is in this tunnel in Central Park, and Moriarty is going to approach. Okay, I don't know how they know that, but okay. Well, they were in the meat locker and they figured dinner gown. Yeah, I know. She's a new woman. I know that. I, I, I'm behind you. Oh, all right. So, yeah. So, there it is. There is. This is morality. Okay. He's going to be in this tunnel, Carl. We're ready. We're ready. Are you ready? Well, she's ready. She's got full full uh, QAnon. Carl, out there QAnon in the dark will not be for 50 years later. I'm not afraid because you're with me. I'm with you. Oh, isn't that nice? We'll always be together. Are they? Okay. They don't really in this movie. No, they don't because Moriarty is approaching. They said they love each other, but wait, there's a a shot in the dark. A shot? Well, a shout? Well, it's a figurative speech. Oh, okay, okay. Nothing's happening, Carl. Yeah, we keep watching this entry. Exit. There's a oh, there's Natasha Leone from. Uh, it's a bridge, right? Yeah, yeah. The this is this like the Fisher King, where this crazy guy believes this shit in New York City? Yeah, that was an interesting film. Jeff Bridges and Mork. Yeah, doesn't Jeff Bridges play like a Howard Stern? Yeah, and he was very self-centered person in it. But let's not diverge. Okay, yeah, we're almost done with this. Uh oh. Hear that? Horse horse clomps. Uh oh. 
What? He's riding a horseback. Clomp, 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 clomp. It's all sounds. Clomp, 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 clomp. You see it now? Clomp, 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 clomp. Yeah, I see your crazy bullshit. Yeah, oh, by the way, this version does kind of crap out at the end. Okay. Don't worry, we'll get to the end. It's okay. so funny. This is the moment we've been waiting for for an hour and a half. Yeah, and then we're going to get pixelation. And then the film craps like out. Like, I just want to see Moriarty. Are we going to see him? Uh. Yep, this this version does chef out. This is the only interesting part of the movie. We want to see his villain. Clip-clop, clip-clop. Hey, a word from our sponsor. Intense. You get the idea. And we don't get to find out? That's right, we never find out. That's the ending of the movie. Uh, We never see, we never see the moment where it's just a dog. Oh, yeah, and uh, there's another quote at the end, but because of this version, it gets cut off. That's oh, it, yeah. Carl. We did it. Yeah. We we listened to They Might Be Giants' first album over and over again. <laughs> I mean, we watched They Might Be Giants from 1971. Mr. Bag. Yeah. Mrs. Bag. Francis Fuller. I'm sure they're people. Okay. All right. Well, Carl, what do you think of this movie? Eh, I don't know. I don't know. I guess I'd have to hear it with the sound. Do you recommend people watch this on their own? In a way, I you know what? I, I will watch Lion in Winter, and then I will f- consider that a good compliment for what I watch. So I would okay, say so like... Lion you... in Winter is a completely different film, okay. and it's very, very good. There is okay. no crap to it. If it's on YouTube, we should see it. All right. Yeah, fair enough. I don't think Actually, it is. Actually, I don't know if we should, because it's very talky. It's it's really all about a power struggle between people within this royal family. And here we go. Supermarket sequels photographed the Pathmark stores. Pathmark stores, plural. And this is shot in New York City. If you uh, duh, uh, duh. <laughs> I thought it was I, silly. You know, I I really like the actors. I really like the locations. I can't. I just can't abide to these stories of crazy people and this. You know where it, it's seems like there's just words strung together sometimes and it's a shame <laughs> because this guy seems like he knows what he's doing the so yeah i don't know i it's i, a good I director from the other things he's done it's a good director oh absolutely and he's directed kathleen hepburn three times that's yeah. a very distinguished thing to do you know? absolutely it is yeah i don't know this movie i'm not crazy about it reminds me of harold and maude you know like hey be free want to be happy Maud was so good and we're, okay, but I, I I see the parallel you're drawing. Yeah. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we are done. We're out of the 70s in New York City. We're, we're yeah. done. We're, we'll be back next week. We have a brand new movie, Carl. I'm really in excited. 80s, I, in the 80s. I'm really excited by this movie. I didn't realize this. You know, uh, we like to watch movies. So I like to make force Carl to watch movies that I read about. <laughs> and I uh, didn't have a chance to see until they're on YouTube. This movie... Came out of the blue. I was doing some research, and I didn't realize that Bob Hope's last movie was a TV movie called yes. Masterpiece of Murder. Masterpiece of Murder, 1986. 
let's skip the trailer because I think that at the beginning of the movie we're going to watch, it basically does its own trailer. We could do oh, yeah. that. Do you want to watch? No, no. I, I Well, can I? Yeah. I, I, can I reenact the trailer? Oh, okay. Okay. This NBC. Doom, doom, doom. Movie of the movie. Week. Must see TV from 86. <laughs> it's the Thursday night movie, NBC movie. No, but let's really see it. <laughs> oh, I did a terrible The trailer. Job. All right. But uh, but you go to the real movie to see the trailer. Yeah, we and should mention next week's episode is going to be fun because we are watching, not only are we watching a TV movie, but we're watching it with the commercials. Yes, we are. That's one of the greatest things about it. Which okay, is kind so of the funny channel we whole... like is Chris Johnson. Part of our premise of the show is like just, you know, hanging out watching TV, I guess. It's of that genre. Well, it's so, going to be great to see the commercials. From 86, right? Yes. the ma- a mas- Yeah, and you'll see Challenger. Well, we'll talk about it then. A Masterpiece of Murder, 1986. Chris Johnson is the channel we like. Now, this is the full movie, but we'll see a trailer in the beginning, and we can Okay, stop. Chris Johnson. Let me get to the beginning. All right. Okay, cool. Crank the volume up here. Chris so Johnson we were watching the beginning of the actual movie because it, it has its own TV trailer. Yes. All right. I have a cued, sir. Ready. Three, two, one, go. NBC. Let's be there. Home of the Cosby. Movie Nothing can stop week. us. Not even Michael Knight. Ooh. And Kip. The stars mean America. Ooh, NBC. NBC. It's NBC. This is not computer graphics. This is an I take it back. It's Monday night at the movies. The greatest night to see movies. This should be more money. There you go. <laughs> oh, I can't wait, Carl. Yeah. So that's next week. We're watching a masterpiece of murder, Bob Hope's last movie. Carl, thank you so much. Thank you for everything. Thank, and it was an honor. Now I know how the sausage is made. <laughs> uh, honor to, to do your task to to, to produce. Witcheroo! I love it. I get a week off. No research. Absolutely. Well, we think. Enjoy your week off. We'll see you guys next Sunday. Uh, here on Mutiny Radio at 2 p.m., here on the podcast, and here on the YouTube channel. We'll see you next week. Bye. I'm Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. Join us every Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on MutinyRadio.fm for Let's Watch a Full Length movie on youtube we watch the best movies that uh aren't they good well they're chosen uh, here's you. his theme song again bye okay bye watch
And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. We're a host. W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. That's every Sunday, 2 p.m. Time or uh, 5%. Right. I'm so lazy. Three hours later, I finally get to the game. 5 p.m. Here's his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye. Carl, test, test. Carl, Carl, test, test. Yeah, you're all buzzy. I got to call back. Let's watch. It's oh jokes to Carl. Not duh like duh. Oh, that's funny. It's duh like French. So it's jokes to Carl. Follow me now. With Mike Goldstein. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl. Hi, Mike. Ready to watch another full-length movie, this time Bob Hope. Cats out of the bag. We are going full Bob Hope this week as we watch a full-length movie on YouTube here as we stream first on MutinyRadio.fm every Sunday, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We follow What's Really Happening with Luke Sayer. We love Luke. We used to, follow, we used to be followed by Paul Brumbaugh. But now uh, we have Luke behind us, and we love it. Uh, you can also follow our podcast at the acronym uh, you heard up front, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. And we have a YouTube channel where we sync the movies to our podcast. Because you can listen to our podcast, and you're going to watch the movie at the same time. Uh, so we want you to go to a YouTube link, click it, hit pause, move it to 000. And then when we say go, or when the celebrity countdown, Paul Brumbaugh used to do it. We'll uh, say go. We'll all hit play. So you'll hear us and watch the movie at the same time. Carl, it's a Bob Hope movie. I've seen all his Bob Hope movies. Uh -huh. It can't possibly be a new Bob Hope movie. No, what do you got for is, us? This is the last Bob Hope movie. It's a TV movie. Okay, oh. go to the YouTube search engine and put in Masterpiece of Murder. Masterpiece of Murder, 1986. That's what you put in the YouTube search engine. Masterpiece of Murder, 1986. The channel we like, it might be the only one you find, is called Chris Johnson. 
That is our channel, Masterpiece of Murder, 1986, Chris Johnson. And you have mentioned Paul Brumbot, and we're going back in history to do the Brumbot. Oh, the Brumbot. Well, because yeah. Paul used to do the countdown because he was yeah. in the studio with us. Uh, and then uh, when things changed and pandemic, we pandemic. started adding uh, yeah. all comedians from New Jersey as well. But now we're going back to our proxy when Paul was in the studio. Here it is. We use the one and only Paul Brumbot. All right, so let's get this started. I am I am ready. It was a live show. We're very excited to have Paul here as our countdown gentleman. Let's get ready to Brumba. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get ready to Brumba. Okay, so let's get ready to Brumba. And now, what you've all been waiting for, master of the descending numerals, the countdown king himself. Would you please welcome Mr. Paul Brumba? All right, guys, you know the drill. Put that finger right over that triangle and do it in three, two, one, go. Now, we watched the, the beginning that starts off with a trailer. Right, which we saw last episode because it was our only trailer. But let's hear it again. Let's see what we're up for. Look at all this non-computer graphics. No, it's America and it's movies. It's the Stars and Stripes. Yeah. And the NBC tune. Now, Monday Night Movie, it was a big deal back in the day. There was no, there was starting to be cable, but it was just born with MTV and Beavis and Butthead and all that. And right. He's breakdancing. I don't breakdance. Lonnie Anderson. Lonnie <laughs> yeah. Anderson. Ooh. Yep, explosions. This is a real movie. You gotta make the sound louder for the next time. Okay, here we go. Okay, here's our movie. Now, this is shot in Vancouver, uh, Canada, in real life. But they don't really fake... They act like it's Los Angeles area, and they talk a lot about an appointment in Los Angeles and stuff. So I guess we're to believe this is California, but it was really shot in Vancouver, British Columbia. Well, this is not all the land Bob Hope owns? I don't know. There's L.A. downtown, so I right. guess we're to believe this is Los Angeles. I recognize the building building. Oh, the thing. building building. Famous building there. Wasn't we got a maid shot there? There was a uh, Frank Gorshin who was in uh, 23 Skidoo. Yes, we saw him also in another one I'll bring up later. He was the Riddler, of course. Kevin McCarthy from, Go from Goonies 3. Oh, great. Wow, all-star. We've got a bunch of people. Clive Ravel was just in Modesty Blaze, we just saw. So we've got and some... Stella Stevens. That's yeah. the Las Vegas movie, heist movie. That's right. I missed that. So my favorite director. Yes. Yeah. Oh, Stella Stevens, of course. Okay. Uh, so now we're opening up seeing that in history, Bob Hope arrested Don Amici for being a cat burglar. That is the worst, like, pre-Photoshop uh, cut and paste. Carl, you do better jobs than Microsoft Paint. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> it's a photo of Hope for the 30s. It's a photo of Don Amici for the 30s. 
Now, this woman here, this is um, uh, Adams from the Adams family. It's it's the wife. Morticia Adams? Yeah, uh, no, not Morticia. Um, uh, it's, darn, jumping out and biting me here. Here it is. She was Lily, Lily Munster. Lily Munster. So I guess that's not the wife, right? It was the Lily, was that the daughter? Yeah, not the pretty one. No, how, how many? No, how many monsters were? No, we are we talking monsters or Adams? Adams family. Uh, no, monsters. The monsters. Oh, the I'm monsters. screwing it okay. up. I'm screwing it up. Yeah. Lily Munster. Yeah, I think. Right. Yeah. Oh, it's so look at this contrasting lifestyles between the two characters. Exactly right. What we're learning now is Don Amici has become the snooty, snooty wealthy. And that is what this whole film is going to be about. They're going to be in the environment of the snooty, snooty wealthy. And Bob Hope is a very poor private detective. Then that did not look like Los Angeles, the, the Oceanside hot dog mm -hmm. set vendor. Now you see he's looking at the racing. He's picking his horses. That's how poor he is. And he's going to say about his coffee, put it on my tab. You know. Really? You want coffee on your tab? All right. Gross. Just say terrible. This is uh, carbonated coffee. It says worse than regular tab. And Don, Don Amici here is all about the, uh, you know, like, did you sign the real estate deal? Don't give me any. Now, I recognize him immediately from Trading Places. Yes, Trading Places. You see, he was a big star before our time. He was in yes. lots of big movies. Um, uh, this is like, you got a job for me? He goes, yeah, I want you to take pictures of this cheating couple. I'll give you 20 bucks. He goes, 25. And then the guy goes, 15. He goes, okay, I'll take it. I can't afford to do any more haggling. Haggling, yeah. Handsome I I have I haven't seen this film, but sometimes these jokes you can see them parading on Broad Street, uh, Broadway. Now, Don Amici was a handsome debonair leading man in over forty films, uh, lots of nineteen fifties work on Broadway and television. He started in radio. He was a host of an international Showtime on NBC for five years, but he came back. To revive his career, Trading Places 83, Cocoon in 85, in which he right. won uh, an Academy Award. And they reference that here in this movie. Bob Hope will make a cocoon joke. No, he was also in a David early David Mamet movie called Things Change. Yes, you're, that was his heyday in which he was known to the public and he was a handsome leading man. No, no, no. This was during his renaissance, his comeback. Oh. In, yeah. He was, he was much older in that movie. He's basically kind of uh, adjacent to the mob, and he 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 like he's a cobbler or something, but he gets a lot of money. Okay. And it's it's a funny film. Like uh, I haven't seen it, so I might have told you a different storyline. Uh oh. Now we're getting the muscle because he owes money at the track, but it's funny. He owes like forty bucks, and he gives him a five dollar <laughs> bill. He goes, "All right, but I want the rest by Thursday." It's it's the lowest. You he know, covered twenty five percent. Why would they you... bother to send guys over? You owe me money. You know, for like fifty bucks. I'm gonna smash your door down. That's goes, gonna cost you at least twelve bucks to repair. He goes, or else what? Or else Mickey, and he slams the thing. He goes, I never knew what or else was before. 
Yeah, that's one thing. Like, Carl, you have seen this movie several hundred times. Yes. You know that this is, as a Bob Hope movie, a fast-talking comedy. Right. Which we are talking over. Bob Hope was in over 70 films, but 54 of them, he was the star. I think I've seen all of them. Yeah. Uh, let me just go into this. He was British American. Oh, here is Kevin McCarthy. Now, oh, let me see. Kevin McCarthy, we saw in Ghoulies Three as Professor Ragnar. Love this guy. Yeah. Oh, this guy, absolutely. What he's doing is calling up Don Amici and saying, "Look, I'm having my 65 year old 65th birthday party, and you got to come." And he goes, "Well, my house won't be open by you for another month." He goes, "No." I'm very insistent you will be there, and I've got a surprise for you. It's a friend from the past. So he's basically forced Don Amici to show. Now he's calling Bob Hope saying, remember me? I gave you a lot of work in the old days. He wants him to work security at his party for a really? thousand bucks. So so he invited the guy that that was put away by the guy that he hired for security. Exactly. It's his big plot to get two competitors together he, he's got this whole art scam thing going on you'll see you'll see art scam art scam now bob hope was over he was british american he was a vaudevillian actor singer dancer over 80 years of career he, he stopped in 98 he died at 100 years old 100 crazy years old yeah i'll tell you uh he, bing crosby was his big partner he hosted the Academy Awards 19 times. He wrote 14 books. Thanks uh -huh. for the Memories was his signature tune. He was a boxer in like 1910. I had one of his books. It was called I Owe Russia $1,200. Oh? Yeah. Um, he, over 57 times, he performed for our troops. They made him an, Congress made him an honorary veteran. And uh, he was one of the first people to use cue cards. I don't know. We all know him. We all know him. He's got a long and vulnerable, venerable career. Venerable. Yeah, sure. Well, we know him from, uh, again, we talk about generations, how we, how each generation knows somebody for something else. Yes. Uh, we watched how many of those TV specials of his from the 80s and 90s yes. and 1000s and 70s. So now he was a long got... NBC. Yeah. No, he was a long NBC contract person. When he stopped doing his movies, you always still saw him on TV all the time, not just the Academy Awards. Now, this car isn't going to make it, but that's all he can afford. He's listening to himself on the radio going, ah, they don't make singers like they used oh, to. Oh, that's an old Bob Hope song? Yeah, and us yeah. as an audience are supposed to get the joke. Okay, now the uh -huh. car's breaking down. Why don't you turn the sound up? There's Don Amici in this snooty chopper going to the party. And his Rolls Royce is being driven there for him. He, he recognizes Bob, right? Not, not now. He looks down from the chopper, but he's looking at his own Rolls Royce. Oh, here comes the Spanish bit. Hola, hola. Uh, here's your bit. Sorry, I shouldn't have told you to turn up the sound until he's broken down by the side of the road. The Spanish now, bit. Kevin McCarthy, who is uh, Jonathan Heyer in this film, is revealing his plot to his shrink uh, that he's going to get these two rivals together. 
because he wants a painting. You see, there's an underground market of paintings. You certainly know this, at least from myth, that there are stolen paintings and they just disappeared for like 40 years. But the truth is they're in some snooty asshole rich guy's private collection. And hang, that's, on hang on, Carl. I'm calling the Monument Men right now. Right, the Monument Men. Yeah. Yeah. So he's got a plot to get an underground painting from a rival, from the Riddler, essentially. A ro- Frank Gorshin, a rival. Oh, turn it up. Turn it up. Oh, here's that car. Mel Black at its finest. All right, I guess you just caught it. Be Johnny on the spot with the uh, sound because he's going to be doing a lot of gags. And we See, should- I, I caught the tail end. He said the fine time to make espresso or yeah. something that he wanted to make espresso. So his Rolls Royce splashed him. This is straight out of Trading Places. Remember? Wow, look well, at that. He was that a rich like guy, a like Trading Places, certainly. Maybe that's why he got the gig. Yeah. So we're going to a snooty, snooty rich party, and that's going to be our environment of the whole film. It's hoity-toity rich people, and they're trading of stolen artwork. So they're partying at a family therapy center? (laughs) This is Ragnar's rich-ass house. Okay, now we know her from Never on Tuesday. Never on a Tuesday. Oh, right, right. She was one of the women they, they crashed into. No, or she, she was, was the woman they crashed into and had to spend the, uh, the entire weekend movie on the, in the yeah. desert. Claudia Christian is her name. She's very flat in this uh, film. Not her boobs, her acting. And oh, okay. she was uh, Commander Susan Ivana on Babylon 5 and Captain Menard on Fox's 911. I don't know these films, but other people will these TV shows. Babylon Her father, Five. Babylon Five. You know the yeah, uh, sci-fi. I want to be Star Trek ripoff. Oh, I thought it was ripping off Babylon Four personally. <laughs> it was one better. Um, her father has died, and her father was one of those super sneaky, got the stolen paintings guys, and so. He's going to try, he's sort of manipulating in in a way. He's going to try to get a hold of those paintings by recommending his art dealer um, to do, to purchase. She wants the paintings returned to their rightful owners. And Ragnar is like, okay, sure, I'll get my guy to, you know. But really, he's going to get the stolen painting, is his plan. Wow, she picked the worst person to help. Yep, that's right. She it was a good friend of her father's, and he's the executor of his estate. Playing through. Playing <laughs> through. This is how they snuck Jews into the country club. A helicopter. <laughs> they would chopper them in. Yeah. Uh, now, this guy we're ever... seeing yeah. here driving the car. He's um in the Okay, let me just find his name. 
uh, Branson, Branson, and he's having an affair with the wife. Okay, I'll talk about him later. We are meeting, not Audrey Meadows, it is... Lauren Short. Wow, I really wish this stuff was at my fingertips, but I don't have an assistant. This, well, that's what's Jane her character? Meadows. And Jane Meadows is a gossip columnist. And she's there with all the snooty riches to get the gossip information. But she's the one who was married to um, uh, Steve Allen. Oh, cool. She was 